We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This week on the Garage Beers Podcast, it is episode number 135, and the guys are cracking them open in the garage to talk about the Cleveland Browns and their pathway to success, which starts this week against a good Chargers team. Plus, we do our MLB playoff preview, including a preview of the Guardian series against the Rays and so much more. So coming up the driveway, unfold your favorite lawn chair, crack open a cold one, and join us for Garage. It is Tuesday night, and you know what that means here on the OBR Streaming Network. It means it's time for uh, Garage Beers Live. Welcome on in, everybody, to episode number 135 of the Garage Beers Podcast. We are so excited to have you, whether you are listening to us later after it gets released, uh, whether you're watching us later, or whether you are some of the awesome people that are just joining us right now, live here on the OBR streaming network. Welcome in. We have got a fantastic show filled with beer, filled with Browns, filled with Guardians, and so much more, including a fun story about a recent trip Chad went on that sparked a little idea that we had for later in the show that you want to stick around for. Oh. So make sure you are following us on the Garage Beer socials, everywhere on social media, whether it is on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram at the Garage Beers everywhere you can find us. And again, uh, we are joining you live here on the OBR streaming network. So make sure you are tuned into the OBR as well. The OBR, the best place for Browns coverage since 1999. The OBR is killing the game with all the coverage four nights a week and then all day on Sunday. You don't want to miss all the coverage of uh, everything going on with the OBR. And again, all the best Browns coverage. And then they let us lunatics come in. And talk about everything from the Browns to the Guardians to hockey and beer and everything else that we want to talk about. Chad talking about some guys uh, getting the ball punted into his butt last week. That was real fun. Uh, so we talk about all kinds of stuff. Uh, with you, as always, I'm your host, Michael Keefe. You can find me online at Garage Beers Mike. And joining me, first of all, over on the east side of Cleveland out there on the porch. It's a little chilly out there tonight. It's Chad Meyer. You can find him online at Garage Beers Chad. <laughs> he may he may actually want to change his Twitter handle to the one you see here tonight. Uh, What's going on, Chad? Hi, boys. Hey, uh, serious question for you. Uh, if you passed a strip club on the highway and you saw the sign for that strip club, uh, 
which was entitled Extreme. Uh, what, 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 what would you say goes on in there? <laughs> <laughs> okay, first thought, <laughs> there's animals in there. My first thought was that there's yeah. animals in there. There's, there's got to be, because uh, I, I passed one on the way home from my trip this weekend, and <laughs> let's just say my buddy and I had some ideas. <laughs> we, we had some ideas. Uh, OG um, Philly, OG Philly in the comments just says, "I'm going." Yeah, deal. I'm, I'm <laughs> no questions asked. Road trip. Yeah, serious. Seriously. Wait, uh, wait look, does that say extreme over there? Pull over. Yeah, I'm in. Uh, boys, have you been following this fishing story? It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. No, I honestly haven't. I've no. So, so well, right here on Lake Erie. Yeah, Joey. Uh, so this guy is from Cleveland. So there's now the the drive, the shot, the fumble, and now the fish. Oh. Uh, oh no. Yeah. This guy from we got some fishing notoriety in Cleveland now. This guy from Cleveland, his name is Jake Runyon. He was at a like a walleye Halloween bash or something. I don't know what the hell it was called, but it's in <laughs> it was on Lake Erie in Toledo and bash on the boats. Apparently this dude has been has been accused of cheating for like over a year now, and he finally got caught. Because like for anybody who doesn't know, you know, when you take your fish into it, you weigh them in, and that's how you win these competitions. So this dude stuffed his walleye oh. with lead, lead weights and and walleye fillets to, to 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 make his fish heavier. And apparently he's been doing this. And now he might go to jail for this. It's crazy. Oh my god! Yeah, like these, yeah. Comp- these competitions are for like thirty grand, fifty grand. No like, way. Yes. Wow. And he's being he's being accused of theft because I guess most of those ent- like uh, jackpot for those most prizes are made up of entry fees from the fishermen. So he's being accused all these of theft. all these other fishermen are out there like oh, I got four, uh, my four best fish uh, weighing at like twenty eight pounds and they're like ooh that's a good haul. This guy comes rolling up there with the cooler. He's like well my four best fish uh, come in at three hundred and seventy two pounds. <laughs> I just put four forty five pound plates in it. Why do those walleye? Why are those walleye circular? Why does that look like a flounder? Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, yeah, dude. Uh, man, listen, listen. All, all power to you, man. If you're out there doing the fishing thing and 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 you're good at it, that's cool. I think it's really cool. If you can't, if you just can't do life without cheating, you suck. What do you do? You, it's put 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 the weights. Quit stuffing yeah. weights down the throat of the walleye. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anything to get ahead. I mean, I guess he's won like several competitions over the years and everybody. No. Yeah. Wow. Shocking. Yeah. All right. So that's exactly what we needed to start this show. Uh, Kevin, yeah. Kevin Van Dam would never allow that to happen. He's my never. favorite fisherman of all time. <laughs> all right. Great. Is that like Pete Weber in bowling? <laughs> yeah, kind of. And we were at we were at my buddy's place in Maryland one time, and we we were bored and found this Bassmaster Classic on TV. And we're like, we just we just picked a picked a fisherman and went for it. <laughs> just you know talking. who you are. I am. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so Chad's all up on the fishing. He'll keep us posted. If any news breaks on that, anybody goes to jail or anything, Chad will keep us posted. Yeah, wait, Chad, who's your who's your fisherman? Who's you got like t-shirts or no K V D Kevin Van Dam pal. I don't know if he's still fishing or not because this was like ten years ago that I watched this competition. Well, it's not like you know you can get like too old for fishing. Like, (laughs) yeah, he's retired. Dude, dude, the spectacle—I will say this though—the spectacle they make of that is incredible. Like, like because they drive their trucks like the Bassmaster Classic. They drive their trucks into like an arena 
and it's full of like pyro and they're like what and i think that's i think that was why he was my favorite because the guy introducing it was all pumped he's like you know him you love him it's kvd and i'm like holy shit i oh, love it's him. like wwe <laughs> and monster jam had a baby this is my favorite and then he drives his truck with his boat in tow into the arena he's like he like holds his fish up and pyro's going off Get like out of here shit. like i want to go to this thing Stinky fish, baby. A yeah. Stinky fish, baby. Hey, at some point, I'd like to introduce Joe here tonight. Oh, hey. Uh, hey, also joining us down in Nashville, Tennessee, it's Joey Whalen at Garage Beers. Joe, what's going on with you, man? Oh, howdy. Uh, I spent the past week in beautiful Seattle, Washington, visiting my in-laws. Had a fantastic time. Went to a Mariners game, which is my fifth stadium I've been to. Very exciting. Got my commemorative pin. Previewing. Previewing. Uh, and what? You're foreshadowing for the later in the podcast. I like that. I like what you're yeah. doing. There. Well, you know, yeah. Uh, T-Mobile Park, absolutely beautiful. We had seats that just like overlooked the entire skyline of downtown Seattle. Um, it's It was actually built the same year as uh, Jacob's Field was. And, or, no. I know. I ah, Progressive Field. I know. It's weird. But it's like. But it was not built the same year. Oh, yeah. It was. Or it opened the same year. No chance. 99? No. Oh, it was 93, wasn't it? Oh, that's why it was nicer. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> they just had like a really good fan experience. And I remember um, when the Guardians were there, um, you know, what was it, like a month ago or so, uh, Tommy Hamilton was just like raving of like how good that ballpark is as a fan to go watch a game. Uh, and it didn't disappoint. There was eight home runs in the game as the Rangers and Mariners, extra inning walk-off. Uh, and I got a big old thing of garlic fries. I love it. I love it. And we and and again, based on how the Guardians have played the Mariners this year, I've been rooting for the Mariners over the last week, and it looks like that's going to pay off. We will get to yeah. an MLB playoff preview. We will get to team. a preview in a little bit, but it's good to have you back, and it's good to uh, it is good to uh, you know just just get excited uh, yes, about just... this episode. Sorry, Chad's doing something on the note, and it's throwing me off because I didn't know that was even a shared note. So let's go. Wow. Uh, so uh, before we get into our next segment, be like, be like Patche CA. Just subscribe for 14 months in a row. Shout out to you. Cheers to you, Patche CA uh, or Patche Aka, whatever we want, whatever you want us to call you. Uh, but thank you for subscribing. Uh, again, if you're watching us live here tonight, get in the comments. Let's have some fun. We'll get your comments as, as a part of the show. We'll get you as a part of the show. I will say that if you want to be a part of the show, Make sure you're watching on the Twitch or the YouTube channel. I know we're sharing on uh, Twitter as well, uh, but uh, if you comment on Twitter, we can't really see what's going on there. So if you want to comment and be part of the show, get over here to Twitch, get over to the YouTube channel for the OBR uh, and uh, watch the show there and be a part of the show. So now it's time to get into our favorite segment of the week, uh, and that is our Garage Beers of the Week. So boys, look at all these. Look at all these just, just came out. So many subscriptions. Hold on, look at this. I rob a 216, three months in a row. Matt K08AZ, four months in a row. Our friend Maddie just subscribed to the OBR Twitch. Love you, Maddie. B Showpline just subscribed to the OBR Twitch. Ridge Dog One, love you guys. You guys are awesome. I know. Yeah, I figured it's Pache in California, Pache, but I like calling you Pacheaka, and you're a friend of ours now. So your nickname is now <laughs> Pacheaka. Uh, let's get into our garage beers of the week. Joe, what do you got this week? Uh, I got to open still. Oh. Okay, we can wait for me, I guess. This, well, this yeah, you, yes, this is how this works. We come uh, here and you tell okay, us. Okay, you were just doing shout-outs and you're right into it. 
my fiance brought me this beer from uh, Seaside. Destin, I think it's Destin or oh, yeah. uh, 30A area down there. Got Seaside Suds Golden Ale. Yeah. Bud's Brew. So I, I would assume Bud is a dog, a little wiener dog. <laughs> um, go Bud. Bud Suds. Uh, oh, it's the Odd Pelican Beer Company. That's the name of the brewery. It's pretty good. Okay. Pretty good. All right. There it is. Pretty good. We like it. Yeah, we like it. It's killing me. Yeah. I know. Oh. I had to think about it. We're good, though. I didn't know what was going to happen right there. <laughs> I like we need out here. Bud Suds. We'll take yeah. it. Yeah. We'll take All right, it. so you got one from down in Florida uh, from from the future wife's trip down there. That's awesome. Chad, what about you? What are you drinking on the porch tonight? Gentlemen. What's warming your loins? This is a beer that needs no introduction. Oh, boy. Oh. oh. Let's go. It's, it's made appearances on this show before. There we go. There we go. Uh, it, it, let me tell you what. I waited, okay, till today to take my first sip of this beer. Now, remember, Chad, people are listening to this, or you're going to want to say the name of it. Oh, yeah. Sorry. It's a New Glarus Brewing Company, the famous Spotted Cow. There's something about a beer that you can only get in certain places, and you can only get this in Wisconsin. Yes. And, uh, yeah, like I said, so I was really excited uh, to bring this home and, and try it on the show. And let's uh, let's 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 have let's have a first let's have a first step. Why not? Let's have a do it. Step. Let's see. Yeah. Let's see. Why this is the most popular beer in Wisconsin? I have no fucking clue. Uh, <laughs> I was just thinking. Listen, it's a good beer. Yeah. It's a good beer. But if it was sold all over the, it's why they're smart to not distribute it places. Right. If it was sold all over everywhere, it's like Yingling. When you couldn't buy Yingling, everybody wanted to drink Yingling. Yeah. Now I can't tell you the last time I bought like a straight up Yingling. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Like, Ugh, Yingling. Yes, yeah. like Yingling with like a slight fruity hint. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's it. I like I'm a, I like Spotted Cow. I think it's delicious. It's, but it's good. It's a really good beer. But solid like, beer. But 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 if you've yes. got, you know, it's just it's it, it's not a beer that's going to knock your socks off in terms of taste. It's just it's a good beer. Yeah. All right. So Spotted Cow. Really good beers. Shout out to that from your trip up to Wisconsin last week. I uh, went to the store tonight, and I got this one from uh, Clown Shoes. Which where the hell is Clown Shoes? I don't even know where that is. Clown Juice. Clown Shoes. Oh. I guess that's better. It is somewhere. Boston. Boston. It's in Boston. All right. Cloud yeah. Shoes beer. Great can. This is called the Pumpkin Sombrero. I'm still on pumpkin season. I'm going to be for a while. Oh, Pumpkin Sombrero. Look at this can. Yeah. It's great. Nice. It is great. Nice. It's like luchador style. The Pumpkin Sombrero. Yeah. This is great. So this is a, this is a Mexican style chocolate stout with pumpkin puree. Ugh. Jeez. Wow. <laughs> How dare you make that face? Oh. This, this shit is delicious. This yeah. is. It sounds nice. like the puree. Is it like oh. filtered out or yellow, like chunks of pumpkin? Yeah, no, it? they didn't just dump puree into the beer and can it and send it off. You don't know what they ask. Never know. You've had it beers you could chew at the bottom. You've had, you've had some little, chewy beers before. Here's a little chocolate milk and let me dump a little pumpkin pudding in there. We'll just go. <laughs> ah, that'll be great. Uh, no, it's filtered out, you idiots. <laughs> It's do it yourself, pumpkin stout. You, you know, you yeah. we get you the stout, you put a pumpkin pudding in, you pour the stout. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, just shut up and drink the pudding stout. You're fine. Uh uh, no, it's really good. It's that Mexican style chocolate stout. It's a, there's like a little spice to it almost, which is really cool. 
and then the pumpkin on top. And like OG Philly said, it's like a natural laxative. Oh, Thank yeah, you, OG Philly. You, I'm gonna you be, go. I'm gonna be very regular after this beer. So boom. Uh, anyways, clown shoes from up in Boston. This is a delicious beer. I would rank this very, very high on my list of beers. Uh, we got spotted cow, and then we've got the wiener dog, bud suds, whatever that was uh, called, uh, from Destin, bud Florida. Suds. Those, those are our garage beers of the week. Hey, whatever you guys are drinking tonight, if you're joining us live, tell us what you're drinking. When you know, we always like to see that. We always like to see what you guys are, are enjoying while you're enjoying the garage beers podcast. So let us know what you're drinking, but now it's time for us to get in to episode number 135 of the Garage Beers podcast. And listen, in a little bit, like I said, we're going to get into our MLB playoff preview. But we got to start with one thing, and I got a picture that I'm going to throw up on the screen for those of you that are watching live or going to watch later. It's it's just, here's how last weekend felt. Oh. Oh, I was hoping you would get a punch in the dick. Ooh. I couldn't find a picture That's of one of the Browns getting against. punched in the dick. Oh, okay. Gotcha. But here's a picture of John Johnson just getting his helmet ripped off. Uh, j- just basically like they did, the Falcons did to the Browns in yeah, the last half. Yeah, isn't he supposed to be doing that, that to people? Yeah. 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 He got called for it. He got called for this. I don't care whether he got okay, called for a ba- it or not. Yeah, there's a face mask. Yeah, he got called for it. Don't care whether he got called for it or not. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what happened last weekend. Two days ago, the Cleveland Browns went down to Atlanta. They played the fighting Marcus Mariotas. Marcus Mariota was terrible in that game. Uh, Kyle Pitts did nothing. Uh, uh, your outstanding uh, rookie wide receiver, Drake London, did nothing. Uh, you lost, if you're Atlanta, you lost your starting running back for the majority of the game after he scored a touchdown early. Uh, and uh, it was just an offensive disaster for the Atlanta Falcons pretty much all game long. And yet the Cleveland Browns lost to the Atlanta Falcons 23 to 20. Boys, whoever wants to go first, man. Whoever, whoever wants. Let's just, you know what? Browns therapy, vent session. Whoever wants to go first. Go ahead. I mean, I don't know. Joey, do you want to go? You at least got to watch it. I I could only listen to it. Yeah, I I got, I got the first half in red zone and I caught the ending. Um, I don't know which was worse. (laughs) Uh, I don't, I think they're both equally as bad. Um, yeah, you know, I'm not going to go off on a major rant. This was a very winnable game, and it should have been won. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just, I I just, I don't know. I, I think our defense has a lot to figure out. Um, you had, you know, I don't know. It sucks. It sucks. <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> I was like, I was like trying to like psych myself up before the podcast. I'm like, here we're top Browns. Uh, ah, damn. But but Joe, like Fumble says in the comments here, they completed seven passes. Marcus Mariota completed seven passes. That Browns defense that we have been screaming about, the defensive backs that have just given up big play after big play, not in this game, seven passes. The only big play that they, and it was bad timing, but it was like a scramble play that Mariota had to keep the play alive for like 10 seconds, and then he finally hit somebody down the field. Yeah. It happened, but seven passes complete. How do you how, wh- what? You know, with the way they ran the football, they only needed to complete seven passes. Oh, that's, that's true. That's true. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, and that's one thing I kind of wanted to bring up, and I don't think a lot of people were talking about. Again, this is this is not something I I that 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 is is I'm trying to say that like you know Atlanta is a good football team because I'm not. 
but did anybody like underestimate their running game a little bit coming in? Because because looking back at it, uh, looking back at it, the, the, their their season, you know, they played they played the Rams close, they played the Saints close, you know, they they got beat handily. I forget who the, their third game was that they got beat handily by somebody, but in those games they ran the football very 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 well. And, you know, I, I don't think that was something that was talked about enough, missing Miles and Clowney, that they were going to – I mean, they were going to struggle up front to begin with, but this is this was a good Atlanta running game. Uh, and, and it I mean, and it, it showed in an embarrassing, just absolutely embarrassing drive where they were just yeah. ran the, literally – Ten straight runs. Ten I mean, straight running plays. It's the epitome of running the football down your throat. It's exactly what Atlanta did, and they went down to score, so – yeah, I think we underestimated a lot of people underestimated Atlanta's ability in, in in the running game a little bit. But my God, this game was 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 there for the taking. <laughs> but over and over and over again, I think it was, there was probably what four or five chances for oh. the Browns to really put this game away, and and they and they just didn't do it. They well, just... there's so many factors to it. And, and Chad, actually, they, I don't think they've been beat handily by anybody. They they had that Seahawks game that was real close. They had the Rams game that was real close and the Saints game that was close. I, I, that, 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 those were the only three games before this this week. Uh, no, people should have been expecting a good Falcons running game because the Falcons running game came in as a top 10 run game in the league this year. And so people should have expected that. What you, what you maybe shouldn't have expected is to lose Cordero Patterson and to have two guys, two completely unproven guys, one of which – was your backup in Algier and one of which one of which was on the practice squad came in and just dominated you yeah. up front absolutely dominated you i said this on my show last night on on the monday rewind but guys you know what you know what kills me go back to that drive chad yeah when do you take a timeout because <laughs> i'm thinking i'm thinking like basketball style right like right. when 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 you are just like all of a sudden everything's going right for one team and everything's going wrong for the other, the other team will take a timeout just to maybe try to halt some of that momentum and like get yourself focused. And I'm watching Atlanta running the ball down the Browns' throat every single play. And these weren't – it wasn't even like just mildly successful plays. It I felt good if the Browns tackled them for like an eight- or nine-yard game. Like right. I was like, oh, thank God that didn't go any further. At what point – like – after four or five consecutive of those runs, do you not pull a timeout and be like, guys, let's all settle down. Let's all make sure we're in the right spots. Let's fill some of these gaps and let's make, make let's make markets Mariota beat us. Right. Right. How does yeah. that not happen? I don't know. I don't know because typically you would take a timeout. You know, I kind of mentioned this. Uh, I mentioned this to my buddy on our, on our drive home. You know, the NFL, it's, you know, it's kind of like the NBA a little bit where, you know, ever how every team uh, in an NBA game has a run in them at some point. And that that particular drive felt like Atlanta's run. They strung together, ten, you know, t 10, 11 plays. And it, it, when was it time? You're right, though. When was it time to call a timeout and, and, and fix it and, 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 you know, let's settle down. Let's 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 make an adjustment. This is where we, this is what we need to do. But no, it was just it was just pure. I've. I, I don't think I've ever seen uh, just a purely dominant drive before in my life uh, because other than that drive. So, yeah, that was that was just embarrassing, dude. I'm, I'm glad I wasn't watching it because I probably would have thrown something at the TV. But wow. yeah, <laughs> listen, I I'm not this guy, but I will bring this up for fumble fumbles piss because you've got Hunt and you've got Chubb 
and the Browns had three possessions inside the five yard line, and they came away from each of those possessions with ten or with all in ten points total, basically. And when you've got guys like Chubb and Hunt, and you're inside the five. It needs to be a focus. Now, I will say I disagree a little bit, a little bit with this. I disagree a little bit with this in that I don't think that it's as simple as just saying run the ball all the time. I think it's very easy from an outside perspective to just say run the ball. But uh, if if they run a play action on second down and it catches the defense off, guy, off guard and you've got Harrison Bryant that slipped out of the back or out of the tight end position wide open for a touchdown, nobody's yelling, oh, God, they can't run the ball. So, I listen, I'm not – Super concerned about that. Uh, but I don't like how they, they had one possession inside the red zone where they ran the ball one time and then three straight throwing plays. That can't happen. Like, even if you're going to throw it on second down from the two, run it on third down. And for crying out loud, if you're going to go for it on fourth, and I want to hear your, and Chad, I'm super excited to talk to you about this. And this is going to be a little redundant if you watch yesterday's show, but I want to hear Chad's perspective on this next thing. But if you're going to go for it on fourth, you probably still running it there too, right? Like, get take your one throwing attempt, but when that doesn't work, man, get your guys in there and and go score a touchdown with your best players. Am I wrong with that? No, because you would think you would trust one of the best offensive lines in the game to get you two yards on three tries. I mean, even if you just sneak it with Brissett you know, three straight times, you have the best one of the best quarterback sneakers <laughs> in football right now. Uh, yeah, so I mean. It, yeah, obviously you you're not gonna you can't run it four straight times because you got you, you got to keep defenses on their heels. But and the other team is an NFL defense. Like I think sometimes we forget that. Like there's an NFL deep. Grady Jarrett's over there. Like that dude's a stud football player. They yeah. can make plays. Yeah, a hundred percent. But again, you have one of one of if not the arguably the best offensive line in in, in the NFL right now. So again, For sure. you 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 would think that you would trust them to get you two yards. Uh, within three tries, but you know, obviously, it's, I, you know, and that's where sometimes, again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not fire Stefanski guy. No, you know, a coach is allowed to make mistakes, but that's where I think Stefanski can tend to overthink things sometimes. Is you know, again, it's when when you're inside the five, it's 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 to me, and again, this is very old school of me, but to me, that's 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 power football inside the five. You don't need to spread it out unless you have to. Uh, it, given the, especially given the personnel that the Browns have. So yeah, I would have, I would have powered it in there. I would, I, I totally uh, agree with running it at least three times in, inside the five. I feel like, I feel like that's the uh, catch him off guard on second down with a pass. Fine, fine, fine. I'm cool with that. Again, if it works, we're all celebrating it. It's fine. To mess up on second down and then go back to pass on third down and then to go back to pass on fourth, that doesn't make sense to me. Wasn't that the drive they held to on third down, which which screwed him? Yes. Yeah. Uh, no. It was. Yeah. It, no. I think that was that was later in the game. I'm. I think I'm talking about the, the the first one where they went for it on fourth down and didn't get it. So here's what I want to know. And Bre- Browns Bandito in the comments. This is my thought too. I know you have an issue a little bit sometimes, Chad, with them going for it on fourth down. I don't know how you felt about them doing it on that opening drive of that game or not the opening drive, but early in the game. Uh, I don't know how you felt about them going for it on fourth down deep inside Atlanta territory inside the five, basically. But I, there's a little bit of this going on with me in my head and here's my logic. And I want to hear your guys thoughts on it. Sure. 
I don't mind that Kevin Stefanski is aggressive on fourth down. A couple years ago, it worked out great. Last year, it didn't work out so well. I think it's it's probably comes back to the media in this year, and it's been pretty good so far this year, to be honest. Uh, I don't mind that he went for it on fourth down. I don't mind that he went for it, but I agree with what Bandito says here. I think sometimes you have to realize you are without Miles Garrett and Jadevian Clowney in this game. That is defense altering. Yeah. I, we, we kind of are talking about it like that doesn't alter the defense. If the Rams go out there without Aaron Donald, their defense is significantly different. We saw what the Steelers defense looked like without TJ Watt. Incredibly different than what you're used to when he's out there. When you don't have Miles Garrett and Jadevian Clowney out there, that is brutally different for your defense. And as good as Jacoby Brissett has been to start this year, he's your backup quarterback. So is there not a nugget in your head that just says, whoa, we got down here. We got to get every point we can get in this game. And yeah. so let's let's take this three points because we're going to need every point we can get because we're without our two of our best defensive players and we're with a backup quarterback. Yeah, and that would I mean that that was exactly my thinking. Like, you know, I'm not I I get it. You know, the percentages say here 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 you go for it. You go for it. You go for it. I mean, I know I'm not I'm not saying uh, analytics should never be part of the game, but I think I think it should be, you know, half of analytics and and really kind of half of the human element. Because like you just said, Mike, you're missing Miles and, and Jadavion. And I know, you know, and I know some people say at worst you make the team go 90 you make the other team go 97 yards for a score. But it's it, it, again, it's defense altering. It's defense yes. altering with the way Atlanta was running the football on you. I, I I I don't know. I don't know how you can excuse not going for the field goal there. So li- missing Miles and Jadavion were the only reason that I did not agree with going for it on fourth down there because you know like you know points points were gonna. I mean points were gonna weren't going to be at a premium, but with the way you know with the well, way they, they, they were. Yeah, they were, but with the way your defense was shaping up to be after that first drive, yeah, I, I just I, I I thought three was probably the right way to go there. Shout out to Fumble who corrected me. Teller held uh, inside uh, the five yard line after the pass to DPJ at the one, which by the way, the Browns I have to lead the league in over the last five years, which are pass deep passes to wide open receivers that the receiver has to just sort of kind of dive for, and they come down at like the two or the one yard line instead of being able to catch it and run into the end zone. I swear to God, it happens to the Browns like six times a year. It is ridiculous. Uh, All right, so here's what I want to do. I want to have a little bit of fun here. Uh, I want to go back. Uh, Listen, that that Falcons game sucks. That's a a shitty loss. That's a shitty loss. But I want to go look at – well, first of all, I do want to talk about this. I want to hear your guys' thoughts on this because a reporter, Marla – I'm not even – I'm going to call her out because Marla Ridenauer, man. (laughs) <laughs> writes an article today. Marla Ridenauer writes an article today, and I'm sorry, but this this is just an article that's screaming, I want attention. I want somebody to read me. This is all this is. But Marla Ridenauer writes an article, and the headline of the article is, uh, Stefanski's seat is heating up, and rightfully so. Kevin Stefanski's seat is heating up, and rightfully so. No, it's not. Go, go ahead and do what we need to do here, please. One of no, you. it's not. Oh, was that for me? Or was that for Joe? Joe was just being very succinct with it. Just very, no, I just, it's just bullshit. Nah. Like you're you're totting out your second string quarterback, and you're missing your top two defensive ends. You have no depth at defensive tackle. Like, yeah, there's a couple like mishap play calls here and there, but like, literally, if you can make it to when Deshaun Watson comes back as a 500 team, I think you did a pretty good job with what you're dealt here. 
Um, you have a, a very weak running route or a wide receiver uh, depth uh, at that position. Um, you know, I, I just, I don't see any need to like blame this a hundred percent on Zafanski. Um, every coach has like minor play calls that they mess up, but this is like, it's just stupid. I didn't read the article, but I just, <laughs> I, I'm just like a headline armchair expert. It's just stupid. <laughs> I don't even want to read it. You're dumb. Listen, listen, I, I get, I, I get it. I, 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 I get it that people uh, that Browns fans, writers, media are impatient. Since 99, we sucked a lot of ass. We sucked <laughs> a lot of ass. But, 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 but this idea, it, it, it just feels like that there's this idea out there that, you know, a coach has got to be perfect all the time, all the time. Coaches are going to make mistakes. They're human. Okay. You know, he's not going to get, he's newsflash, everybody. He's not going to get it right. And guess what? If he was fired, the next coach is not going to get it right all the time either. So, you know, how much of this are you going to, are you going to deal with? You you just got to go with the ebbs and flows. And the, the fact is, and, and you know, this might be hard for people to hear. Kevin Stefanski is the best coach you've had since you've been back here in, in, in Cleveland. And the, the, the record says so the record says so. And you know, Again, he's not going to be perfect every time. Yeah, do you, are you allowed to disagree with some calls? Yes, absolutely. But you know what? He clearly learns from his mistakes. The week after a loss, Kevin Stefanski in the Kevin Stefanski era, he's eleven and three. So it, yeah, he's, Ooh, he's stats. He, he's going. He's going yeah. to get better. He learns from his mistakes, and he comes back strong the the, the following week. So no, his he his his seat is nowhere. His seat isn't even lukewarm. You know when his uh, seat. You know when his seat gets hot is after is is the last six games of the season. Yeah, I I want to bring it back here real quick. I want to bring it back here. I want to show. I don't know that you're going to be able to see this, and I wasn't able to pull it for the slideshow that we do. But I'm going to put it on my phone and see if anybody can see it because our buddy Corey Kinnan, uh, who up until recently was with the OBR uh, until he moved on to some some bigger, better things, which is cool. I won't say better than the OBR, but some cool thing. Uh, he tweeted this. Uh, Browns Bandito has a question about that Najoku end around call. And I can agree with that, but there's a picture here, and I don't know if you guys can see it, but uh, as I'm getting a text from Joey, uh, oh, Joku, uh, look at that. I don't know if you guys can see it. Where's he at? But Najoku's right in the backfield there. He's the guy like in the middle of the screen in the backfield. See where those yep. two arrows are? Those are his blockers right there. Those are the guys he's supposed to be following. Yeah. And they have sealed a crease. Like there is like, there are, there's one guy he's going to have to beat and he's gone. And instead was, what does Njoku do? He runs all the way over there. He goes that way. And these two guys come and give him a hug down here. Uh, So you might not like the Njoku end around call, but like you got to find your blockers on that man. Like Njoku has got to find his blockers because that play was going to work. So, but but the bottom line is this. I love what you said, Chad. You don't have to be perfect. You don't. You do not have to be perfect as a coach. But there is a thing. Uh, there is a thing like that. People feel that way. Like you got to be perfect. And I think Kevin Stefanski has been masterful so far this year. I think ninety-five percent of his play calls have been phenomenal. Can you judge him on? Did he run enough in the in the red zone on on that one drive? Yes, and that's fair. And and sure, you can question that. But I think he has been masterful. I think they've been running the shit out of the ball. I think they they have turned a backup quarterback, albeit one with experience, 
into a guy that has been, he's still ranked number nine in QBR this year in the league, even after last week. Uh, I, I just, to, to write an article, to be Marla Reidenauer and, and write an article that says Kevin Stefanski's seat is rightfully getting hotter. That's the thing that killed me. To write an article that's like, is Kevin Stefanski's seat getting hot? Okay, fine, whatever. But to say rightfully that it's getting hotter, that's that's dumb, Marla. It's dumb. It's dumb. dumb. I, sorry, Marla. And I know you're not watching, but that's dumb. Let's you can't do that. Let's have her on so you can tell her. I would tell her. I would tell her. Oh, you got to tell her. She's got to tell her. Dumb, no, that's dumb. a clickbait article. I'm not going to say it to her. Like, I'm not going to, like, attack her on social media and that stuff. That's weird. But if she was here, I'd be like, Marla, you, you know you don't even buy that, right? Like, you know you don't even believe that. You know how dumb you, know how dumb you sound? <laughs> you sound stupid. Uh, hey, I think Freddie Kitchens is free this time of year. So, oh Jesus, uh, there's always that option. I do want to look at something real quick before we talk about the Chargers game, and then we get to the Guardians. Wait, uh, wait, wait! Can we bring up something else? Oh, how, no, about, now what? how about people saying they miss Greg Williams? Oh, Jesus, <laughs> I know, no. I I know, I've been dying to see John Johnson play. When one team has the ball at their own 20, I want to see John Johnson at the Browns 20-yard line. Like, I want yeah. to see him 60 yards off ball. Joe Woods doesn't have this gear. Oh, because he yells a lot? Greg Williams is all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, that's yeah. number one on Greg Williams' resume, man. Well, players I, were I, paid I, a little better when he was uh, the defense fair. coordinator. I, you know what I mean? I once, I once bountied, and I'm good at yelling. <laughs> What's bounty? I think I think that was an ongoing thing. I'm multiple times bountied and look at my yelling. Uh, all right, so I want to go back to this. This was our schedule game, boys, when we had Cameron Justice on before the year. And so I want to pause and look at this because through four weeks, the Cleveland Browns are two and two. Yeah. Which was a start that I think we all said that can't happen, and then it happened. Joe, you were the closest. Me, Chad, Cameron all had the Browns at four and oh. Nope. Joe, you had him at three and one. You just had him losing the wrong game, which is fine. Yeah. So, uh, what'd you say? Uh, Go on. You you go on first. Well, I was just going to say, let's look at the rest of what we've done. Everybody had the Browns going 11 and six. That is going to be, well, that's going to be interesting to talk about for right now. So Joe, take a look at this. Take a look at the rest of the schedule and how these games got picked. And let me know how you're feeling after what you've seen from the Browns through four games. Okay. I, I mean, there's two games that kind of pop out on here that I would almost change my answer on. Okay. The first is the Chargers game. I think if I was from the Chargers fan base perspective, I would view this game against the Browns as a bit of a trap game. Um, when you look at how the Browns have played so far this season, not inherently a threat, but I think that we'll be able to run the ball kind of that well against this defense uh, that offense has not been what it was last year. It's been very good, but it, it's not what it was last year. Um, and I, I do think we stand a chance in that game. Um, I was really, originally thinking that was going to be a blowout. Um, and then I think probably the second game I would also look at um, is the Tampa Bay game. I don't know. I watched them. Uh, I watched the Sunday Night Football on my flight back. Uh and I don't know if it was just playing the Chiefs or what, but they could not get anything on offense going. Like Tom Brady is not Tom Brady this year, and it's like, like finally, like you can say that, like Tom Brady is not looking <laughs> like Tom Brady. 
Um, they had a, an abysmal running game. Um, the only person that can catch the ball is Mike Evans. Uh, it's a different uh, Tampa Bay team. And so I think when we're that far in the season, you know, barring like injury, I think that we have a good shot at winning that one. Um, everything else I would kind of say the same. I would just right, Chad, Chad as, as you look at this and what you did before the season when we did the schedule game, what 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 kind of stands out? What what are you changing your mind on? Uh, that first Ravens game, I think I would turn out to turn to a win. Wow. Um, I, I mean, just because uh, again, I'm I've been a big proponent that I'm not gonna uh, you know I, I will never pick the Browns to beat the Ravens two times in a row and uh, two times in a season until they do. Uh, but I think that first Ravens game, I would switch to a win right now, just because they 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 are having issues right now. I mean, they're yeah. they're severely injured. Internal again. issues. Yeah, they're severely injured again, and then yeah, again, yeah, and with with the internal issues. I mean, you're always going to have the, the the Lamar factor, but I you know I, I just think I mean, if our, <laughs> if we have a fully healthy defense back. And with yeah. the way their defense is playing, I just I, I think the Browns are going to be able to grind out a win in that Baltimore first game. And, and again, I would switch that second Baltimore game to a loss, uh, okay. just because you know, <laughs> that gives them time. Because of your it. general rule of thumb. Yeah, because well, that also gives them time to figure it out. Um, you know, other than that, uh, you know, is that Dolphins game home or away? Away, away. It's away. Okay. But Healthy Tua, that's a loss. It's, it's without Tua. I guess I would change mine then to that. Yeah. If it's with Tua, it's a loss without Tua. Easy win. Yeah. If, if that's without Tua, that's a win too. But it's going to be without Tua. Yeah. Like he's he's going to be out a while. Other than that, uh, yeah, let's switch that last Pittsburgh game to a W. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm looking at this and, and, and yeah, listen, it's been a weird year. It's been a weird year. There's only three teams in the AFC with a winning record right now. That's it. So I'm looking at these, I'm looking at this Chargers game going, uh, these, yeah, they're offensively, they're really good, but defensively they suck. They gave up like 10, more than, more than 10 or almost 10 yards of carry to the Houston Texans last week. Houston ran all over them last week and Davis Mills looked good. Like they, that defense is struggling without, uh, Joey Bosa, uh, who will not be back. Joey Bosa, Justin Jackson. Yes. Uh, is is, is Khalil Mack healthy for them right now? I don't know. Yeah, Khalil is playing. Uh, not Justin Jackson, J.C. Jackson. J.C., yep. Yeah, J.C. Yeah, but uh, that that team right now is in a bit of shambles. I look at – I pick them to beat uh, the Patriots. I stand by that. I don't think the Patriots are much of anything. No. Uh, the Bengals, I am interested in the Bengals game because they are struggling too. I mean, they're they're playing okay. Uh, but they don't look great by any stretch. Last two weeks, they've played better, but they don't look great. I mean, I'm super convinced that they're going to lose to the Bills, but I'm not. I'm with you, Joe. The Bucks. Uh, the you know, there's a lot. There's just to me, there were games at the beginning of this year where you looked at it and you went, okay, Chargers, Jacoby Brissett, loss. Yeah. And I still would, if I was betting money, I would put it on the Chargers this week because. That offense can go off at any point, but you're they're not a healthy offense either. And so if you get your if, if you get your defense back, if you get Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney back, that looks a lot better for the Browns. I just you know there's this eleven and six thing and they're two and two, right? So now we're saying they gotta go what, nine and four the rest of the year? That's not super likely, probably, 
But no, a lot of these games that I thought, I, I would change the, if two is not playing, I'd change that Dolphins game to a win. Uh, uh, the, that Baltimore and that Bengals game that I have losses, I've got, in, I got questions about that. So every single one of these games outside of that Bills game right now that I thought they might lose, I'm, I'm not real convinced that they're not winnable games. Yeah, the only thing that I see, the only game I, the only game on this schedule that I don't see an avenue that the Browns are going to win is Buffalo. Yeah. Other, than that, yeah. Browns, other than that, the Browns have a chance. The, that Tampa game has turned into a coin flip for me because that Tampa defense, I mean, I think you got to give them a pass because that Kansas City offense was just. Uh, yeah, that's not, that's not who they are as a defense. That was yeah. a good <laughs> Patty Mahomes game. But that deep that that defense is really still really really, really good. good. Yeah, so I, I think those that, linebackers, man. Oh. Yeah, that game has turned into a coin flip for me. So I think that could go either way. But yeah, really, the only game that I, I just don't see the, an avenue the Browns could win is, is is Buffalo, even with Jacoby Brissett still at quarterback. So outside yeah. of outside of having JOK, I watched that those linebackers for <laughs> for Tampa, and I'm just so jealous. Oh that's, yeah, that's those two linebackers, man. Yeah. Yeah. Those two linebackers are game changers. Yeah. Game changers. And then we're watching Jacob Phillips try desperately to be halfway decent and fail. Uh, and we're watching Taki Taki be just a guy that's out on the field. Man, like, oh, so the inside of the Browns defense right now just is it's scary. And that's, you know, we could talk about the fact that you think they can win all these games, but in the last week, the two Browns interior defensive linemen that played the most ranked dead last the second last and the worst yeah. interior defensive lineman in football yeah uh-huh. you can get by if one of them is bad if the other one's good but they were both they were dead right. last and second to last yeah your yeah. interior uh linebackers jacob phillips shit mm. it was awful in that game uh you don't have a lot of interior linebacker help you've got jok's all over everywhere and i love that guy but you can only do so much when the defense can key on you up the middle Right. Mm-hmm. And nobody else is there to help. So, yeah, listen, obviously scary with with the way that up the middle kind of looks, but we'll see if they're able to get some of that fixed. But now it's on real quick before we get to our MLB thing. It's real quick onto this. Yeah. Here comes this young man rocket of a guy. Yeah. Coming into Cleveland First Energy Stadium, uh, yeah. uh, leading a top 10 NFL offense. And Joe, you said it. Maybe they're not quite as intimidating offensively as they were last year but it's still a top 10 nfl offense sure with austin eckler and mike thomas and uh gerald everett has found new life as a tight end in that offense uh and you've got one of the best young quarterbacks in the game uh, against the browns defense that has struggled to stop anybody uh so let's just talk about this game for for just a couple of minutes I th- how are you guys feeling about this i think this could be you know really textbook if the browns can execute their game plan and play like the browns like to do lots running the ball lots possession time keep the ball out of justin herbert's hand i think that's going to be our key to success for that game i think they're going to put up points but if you can hold on to the ball execute some drives kick a freaking field goal when you're within five yards of the end zone get the points but hold on to the ball and run out that clock i think that's going to be um that's our way to win. We're not going to pass the ball downfield. It's not going to be a shootout like it was in in, in L.A. Uh, back when it was Baker versus uh, Justin Herbert. Um, but I think it's going to be a, a, an important possession game for the Browns. Um, and and hopefully, you know, they can kind of pick up where the Texans left off and just kind of run all over this team. 
Chad, there's there's two running backs, and I'm not going to say they're exactly similar, but when you think about them, you kind of think about them the same way, and that is Austin Eckler and the guy the Browns saw week one, Christian McCaffrey. Mm -hmm. Two guys that don't necessarily scare you between the tackles running the football, right? They don't necessarily scare you between the tackles, but two guys that if you let them get to the edge are two of the most dangerous guys in football. The Browns in week one managed to contain Christian McCaffrey. And they managed to not let him be the guy that that caused them problems. In this week, how do you contain Austin Eckler? Well, it, I mean, this is pretty simple for me. This Chargers offensive line is beat to shit. They're missing three. Everybody panic! Thank you. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, it, it's it, this is pretty simple for me. The Chargers are beat up on the interior offensive line. I mean, you're, they're missing five Pro Bowlers right now on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's pretty simple for me. If Clowney and Garrett are back, it's not going to matter what Eckler does. Uh, it, it should, should they be out? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very concerned about what, what Eckler can bring. I'm very because, because if you're not able to get to Justin Herbert at all, he will kill you. No, regardless, regardless of who his receivers are, he will kill you. <laughs> Okay, uh, so that, that's it's pretty simple for me. Clowney and Garrett are back. Browns, you know, Browns give themselves a chance, a, a real, real good chance to win this football game. If they're not, this could be another, just like last year, like a forty-two to thirty-five game kind of, yeah. kind of whoever has the ball last uh, type type of game. And 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 what's funny is uh, the big the big plays for the Browns will probably come in the running game <laughs> because that Chargers defense is beat well. Up listen, we're gonna all say that, but the two big pieces of the Chargers defense that are missing their premier pass rusher. You still have Khalil Mack, but missing Joey Bosa. Right. And JC Jackson, your best defensive back. Right. And one of the best in the league. Right. And in my opinion, you're going to need to ride the wave of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, but Jacoby Brissett's going to have to make some big plays in this game. Sure. Well, like, yeah. like you're, if you're going to beat the Chargers, Jacoby Brissett's going to have to take advantage of the fact that he's probably going to have more time than you would if, if Joey Bosa was in the game. And he's probably going to have better throwing lanes than he would if JC Jackson was in the game. And Jacoby Brissett's going to have to make plays. That was the issue in this Falcons game. Jacoby Brissett wasn't awful in the Falcons game, but man, he missed some open throws. He had sure. DPJ streaking down the field alone and he threw him out of bounds. He had Harrison Bryan open for an easy first down throw that he just let him like by a mile. Yeah. Those are throws you can't – the Browns should have won that game. They win that game if he makes either one of those throws. Yeah, it was a little – Jacoby's got to get back to what he was doing against the Steelers, what he was doing in week two against the Jets. He's got to go back to the guy that's making the easy throws, not overthinking things. If he does that and they can ride the running backs, I think the Browns have a great chance in this game. That defense is crap right now. Yeah. But what they did – what they – what Houston was able to do against them. Yeah. 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 No, yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, the, the, the game plan pretty for Brissett every single game is pretty much the same, right? You ride the wave of Chubb and hunt, and then you make, then, then you take what the defense gives you in the past. Yes. It's, 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 it's pretty much the same. I, I, I really think it's just a matter of, uh, again, are Clowney and Garrett healthy and are you going to be able to get pressure on them? And that's it. Yeah. Yep. And that's it. All right, boys, let's throw it around. Now, we're going to get into our MLB pre uh, postseason preview. The Guardians getting ready to play some postseason baseball. But before we get into that, guys, real quick, throw it around. Joe, prediction for this weekend's game, Chargers-Browns. Before the prediction, 
I would just want to say, I do think the Browns are still a very fortunate spot in this division. Like they yeah, are yeah. Doing, doing too. They've had a lot of help from a lot of other teams against divisional opponents. Uh, so I don't think there's a reason to like absolutely panic quite yet. I feel, you know, obviously you everybody panic. You had the ability to be the team in first place right now, and you're not. Uh, but you're not the team in last. You're not the Steelers. Um, and that, you're staying it. Uh, I think it's going to be a. Uh, um, let's go uh, twenty-eight seventeen rounds. All right, Chad. God, if the Browns don't win this game of fire, Stefanski of fire, Joe Woods just fires stupid Andrew Barry, can't draft high-end talent, and stupid. Oh, my God, I can't believe it. I don't trust him at all anymore. Uh, did I about to cover it? Anyway, um, if, if, if – I feel good if, now. If, if, if Miles and Jadavion are in, or, you know, even one of them, uh, I'm going to say Browns 35-21. That would also be, yeah, contingent on my score as well, as yeah. those two being in the game and healthy. Yeah. Clowney and Without Garrett. them, I think it's a loss. Clowney and Garrett not available. 42-28 Browns, or 42-28 Chargers. <laughs> okay. Uh, I I don't want to do this, but I, I'm going to say uh, 31-28 Chargers. Hey, Jerk. I know. I don't. And I, 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 I just, Justin Herbert's the best player in this game. Uh, he's he's one what? of the best young quarterbacks in football, and that matters so much when you need a guy to make a play to have a guy like him to make a play. And and frankly, until somebody kicks the ass of these defensive backs on the Cleveland Browns, because we could talk about Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney, and that's true, and that does that does alter the entire Browns defense. But it's, until somebody gets in the ass of these guys. Kicks the ass of Denzel. I know Denzel Ward had a pick, but he also got beat a bunch of times again. Until somebody beats up Delpit and Johnson and Harrison for just constantly being confused out on the field. I like Martin Emerson. I like Greg Newsom. I'm not really mad at those two guys. But this defensive back, this whole defensive backfield is supposed to be one of the best in football. And they've not been. John Johnson has not been worth the money. He hasn't. John Johnson has not performed to the level of the contract that he got or anywhere close to it yet. There are so much time with John Johnson's out on the field that you don't even know that he's out on the field. Same thing. So where's he? Where's he? Grant Delpit, man, I like what he does close to the line of scrimmage. He's atrocious away from the line of scrimmage. He's got to show up. Denzel Ward needs to be a $100 million cornerback because he's playing like a $10 million cornerback. That's what he's playing like. Yeah. I need those guys to show up because that's where they're going to need it in this game. Those guys, you could if you could turn over Justin Herbert a couple times in this game, you got a great chance. But un- until they show me they can do it, until they show me that they can do that and lock down a good team, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it Chargers 31, Browns 28, and I'll, I'll be happy if that's a, a different story. You sound like me. You sound like me last week, dude. Uh, you know, you, I, how are you still confused and lost when you've had over a year in the same system? And it, you, you've had plenty of time to work out any sort of communication issues that you've had. I, I, I don't know how this stuff keeps happening, but it does. Uh, so, yeah, get your shit together. 
Come be the team that you're supposed to be on defense. Come be the defensive unit you're supposed to be. Get Miles Garrett and Clowney back, hopefully. Be the unit you're supposed to be. Even with the struggles on the interior defensive line, you're supposed to be one of the best defensive backfields in football. Go be that. Go be that. Give your guys time to get a sack because your coverage is so good and you're not blowing coverages all over the field. That's what I want to see. That's a key to the game for me. If they can play good defense in the defensive backfield, they win. If they can't, they lose. So anyways. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Let's move on. It's playoff baseball time. The Cleveland Guardians, uh, Guardians beat the Royals tonight. They've got one more game left tomorrow. Uh, that's the last game of the season for the Cleveland Guardians. And then it's postseason baseball time. And we're getting a really good look at what things are going to look like. So I know things aren't official yet, although as I'm sitting here, things are coming in. The Braves won the division tonight. Uh, uh, so the Mets uh, will not win that division. Uh, uh, so things are becoming more clear. And I think we actually have it set up pretty well here. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go. Matchup through matchup through the first round of the playoffs. And we're just going to predict and see how we're feeling. So we're going to start in the National League, boys. And Joe, I'll let you start this off. But first matchup that, again, these are unofficial right now, but it looks like this is how things are going to match up. It looks like we're going to have Bryce Harper and the Philadelphia Phillies against all of the sudden the Albert Pujols of the second half of the season. I think Albert Pujols has the, Pujols has the third best war in baseball this second <laughs> half of the season. Dude has been Albert Pujols of old. He, I didn't think he had any chance to get his 700 home run. Now he's at like 705 or something like that. Like he has been just on an absolute tear. It's Phillies. It's Cardinals. It's going to be in St. Louis. Joe, what do you think about this? Yeah, I'm, I, I'm not going to go too in-depth on this. Just That's okay. And, and we're not going to spend a ton of time on each matchup. Great. Um you know, the, I I have a problem with the Phillies. I I really want the Phillies to be a good team, but they are just what we think the Guardians are every year, and they're a streaky team that got hot just enough to make it to the playoffs. They almost didn't make the playoffs. I mean, they 
they had the uh, Brewers kind of breathing down their neck that entire last last stretch of the uh, the season. Um, I, they barely squeaked it out to where you know I think they got the second wild card spot. Is that right? Or are they third? Uh, they are third. Third. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, I just I just don't think this team uh, is going to have enough to last an entire series. I think they might have one or two really good games. Uh, this is a five game series, so that would be enough. But um, uh, yeah, I, I think that the Cardinals are just more of a, a solid team. I think that you know the 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 guys on that team are going to rally against uh, pool holes and and uh, and Wainwright um, and Yachty, and I, I think that uh, the Cardinals are going to win this series. So you got Harper, you got Pujols. It'll be a fun series. To be honest, I think it'll be a very fun series. Oh Again, God. remember these these Look first round cut on Pujols. <laughs> He's so great. I remember this first round series. All three games are played at the like the home team side. Yeah. Uh, so all three of these will be in St. Louis. Uh, I agree with you. I like I like the Cardinals better than the Phillies. Chad, how about the next one? Uh, oh, actually, let's talk about the end of this because the judges. Let's talk about the end of this series because whoever wins this series, the uh. Cardinal and and this is hold on this is incorrect. Wait, the Dodgers aren't playing the first round. No, let me go back. Hold on. What whoever get your images right. Whoever wins, whoever wins that series between the Cardinals and uh, the Phillies is going to be looking at this team right here, a hundred game winner, including tonight. A hundred. They won their hundred and first game tonight. The NL East champion Atlanta Braves. Yeah. Uh, either one of those teams have a chance against the Braves. Uh, I mean, I think the Cardinals do. I mean, I, I mean, well, excuse me. Let me rephrase that. I think the Cardinals have the best chance <laughs> of the two against the Braves just because of the way they're playing going into the postseason. But, you know, I think the in the end, the Braves just have too much firepower from, you know, from the, you know, from the starting pitching all the way through their all the way through their lineup. I mean, there, <laughs> there isn't there isn't an easy out in that lineup, and 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 the pitching has been stellar all year. So, I mean, this is this is this is arguably the best team in the nl so i just don't think that it's uh yeah if anybody like again if anybody i think the cardinals have the best chance just because of the way they're playing going into this is it this postseason but i just i don't see uh either one of those two teams beating the braves yeah the braves man it's it's a different hero at every stat too uh dan yeah. swanson who's sitting yeah. here on the screen he's leading their team in, in average uh you've got austin riley 38 bombs on the year he's their leading home run man Matt Olson that they brought over from Oakland, 101 RBIs. Like, and we, we're not even talking about uh, Ozzy Albies or Ronald Acuna or Marcelo Zuna or any of those guys. Right. So, like, this is such a deep break in their pitching. Is this awesome. this is the team to beat this year. Right. I have no doubt in my mind. I think they're going for a repeat. We'll find out. Chad, let's send it right back to you because the other first-round NL matchup is going to be the Mets. <laughs> and, and, and then, again, this isn't 100%. This isn't 100% official, but the Mets are going to be in the wild card now that we know that the Braves won the NL East. So it looks like it's going to be the Mets and the Padres in New York. What do you think about that matchup? Who wants to lose it more? Well, Mike, in the battle of wasted talent, the New York <laughs> Mets and the San Diego Padres play. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I This this one's a toss-up for me because both teams uh, – you know the Padres have the Padres have been playing a little bit better as of late, but with the way the Mets have played down the stretch here, I just don't see how they could uh, 
that them coming away with this series. I mean, they are struggling big time right now. I mean, you saw Lindor had an incredible last game, uh, a clutch game, 0 for 4, I think it was. Uh, with two <laughs> oh, jeez. So, yeah, I, I, I think this goes to the Padres. Now, because the Padres will have touch. No, they won't have Tatis back, right? They won't? No. No. No, no he's done the season. But I, I, I still think in the end the Padres are going to. Hey, what's up, Ofer? Uh, uh, <laughs> Come I, on. No, we're not I, talking I, shit about Francisco Lindor. Yeah, we are. Uh, uh, the Padres, but yeah, I think in the end the Padres will, 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 win, will win the series. I could not disagree with you. The Mets are going to win 100 games this year. Yeah. They are just barely losing their division. They just lost tonight. They lost their division. This is a good Mets team. And, this and is I think, a team that was 10 games up on the Braves mm-hmm. at the beginning of the month. No, listen. They're not the last, they are not hot at the right time. This is not a team that's going to go past no, this first round. Even the last weekend, I agree. I understand that. The last weekend, all they had to do really against the Braves was not get swept. And they got their asses swept against yes. the Braves. And all that lost them the division, of course. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going Mets in this matchup though. I think they are better than the Padres. I think they're better. Top to bottom I think they're better than the Padres. Padres. They're just not hot. I don't care whether they're hot or not, but Joe, Joe, the funny thing about that is Joe, aren't the Padres just your least favorite team? Like, yeah. I don't, I'm not buying any of that talent. I don't buy talent. I don't buy any of their talent. I don't buy their pitching staff. I'm not buying any of that. I think I think the Mets handle them. And that's easily. that is saying something that I'm saying the Mets are going to lose. I just think that this team is imploding. Like we thought the Yankees yeah. were last month. Like it's just they're not they are not playing at the playoff level that they need to be. And I don't think that's a light switch this team is going to be able to turn on. All right, all right. So you guys are going with the Padres. I'm going with the Mets. I think the Mets are going to win. And then this takes us back to, and again, I brought it up before, but the winner of that series gets that beautiful place. Chavez Ravine. Dodgers. Los Angeles Dodgers, the best record in the (laughs) National League. You don't don't even have to. We don't even have to go into it. Yeah, there's no. no, 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 (laughs) Dodgers are going to wreck whoever comes out of that series. Uh, Yeah. All right. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. So Dodgers uh, don't have anything to worry about in the divisional round. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, we don't like either the Mets or the Padres. You don't even think like even even if the Padres get past them, the divisional thing, maybe they just have their number a little bit. No, we're not feeling that. No. Nah. Okay, cool. Me neither. Uh, all right, Joe, back to you. Back to you. A stadium you were just at, but the uh, what's looking like, and especially oh, tonight, from what I'm seeing, because the Rays lost tonight, so I think this actually is official. Uh, series. This will be a the, series. The Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, well, the Seattle Mariners are going to travel to Toronto and they will take on the Blue Jays three games in Toronto. Joe, what do you think on that one? Uh, they are hopefully going to lift this vaccine requirement or there's at least five Mariners not making this trip, uh, mm-hmm. which is key uh, for that team. Uh, with that aside, though, uh, let's assume that it gets lifted and the whole team is able to travel for this trip. Um, this is a very sneaky offensive team, the Mariners. Um, they, you look at that roster, and there are not a lot of big names. Um, there, and I don't know how else to say it. There is no big names on that roster, and even the big names you thought like uh, uh, Jesse Winker is like just like absolute trash right now. Um, this team can hit. They can hit the long ball. They can move guys over. Um, I think that their uh, bullpen is a little streaky, which makes me a little nervous for them. 
Um, and their starting pitching is, I think, enough to get them through this series. You look at the Blue Jays, and they're just like young stud central. Um, Vlad, Bobochette, Matt Chapman, um, George Springer. Like, they just have so many studs on that team. Um, I still think they're going to lose. I, I don't I think the Mariners are going to pull us out. So here's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering from you guys. We, we have seen – I don't – we have seen the Mariners play the guardians a bunch of times this year and just dominate the guardians. Like the Mariners dominated the guardians. And I'm wondering if in Cleveland, and I was wondering if this was how this conversation was going to go. Do we feel like, do we, do we impose what we've seen on the Mariners based on what they've done to the guardians? Because Um, I think the blue Jays are a better baseball team. I think, I think the blue Jays are a better baseball team right now. I think their pitching is just as good. I think their offense is better than the Mariners. Like I do not see the Mariners going to Toronto and beating the Blue Jays. Yeah, I just I don't see it at all. I I I I don't know. I I don't think that the Blue Jays are going to come through in this one. I don't think they're scrappy enough for this one. I don't think. Um, I I think they're also a very streaky team. I just I don't see it personally. Uh, I'm going to put Mariners on this. Okay, so you're going to go Mariners over or over Blue Jays. I think Blue Jays over Mariners. Chad, do you have any thought on this? Uh, Bo Bichette joined the frat. Bro Bichette. Bichette. Um, <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> I, I think I think the home team was going to win this series, and you know I think so. I'm going to go with the Blue Jays. Uh, you know I think if it, if this was in Seattle, I, I think this would be a little bit of a different story. But having to fly across the country, especially like Joe said about the vaccine mandate, I don't know. That's that, key, though. That, I mean, that yep. is key. Yep. Uh, so I, I, I think, you know, I think all signs in this one are pointing to a Blue Jays series win for me. Uh, and this is official. This is the series that will happen. Uh, Chad, let's go to you on this next one, because the winner of this series, if it's the Blue Jays or the Mariners. Uh, there's the fun. Mariners. Mariners. I, I love that. I love, I love this. <laughs> I love the bucket on the head. That was great. Uh, but they're going to go to one of your one of your squads. Yeah. The Houston Astros. Yep. One of the best teams in baseball this year. They they are back. The Houston Astros are full on back. Listen, uh, no cheating allegedly this time. Listen, no, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. allegedly. Listen, you love them. You you know you don't have to love them. You don't have to like them, but you gotta respect them. Okay, eh, because do you, you gotta know? love Michael Brantley. That's you gotta you, you gotta respect maybe this year's team because hopefully they're not cheating. But I don't have to respect shit about after the last all few the years. people after all the names that they've lost. Man, I mean, granted, again, no cheating. Hopefully, 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 cheating. Uh, <laughs> uh, to 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 come out with 104 wins this year. Yeah, yeah I I just um again, yeah, one of the best teams in baseball. So yeah, no, the, the whether it's the Blue Jays or the Mariners, they are not beating this Astros team. Yeah, the only team in baseball with more wins than the Houston Astros, the Dodgers with 110. Uh, so yeah, I don't, I can't, I wouldn't see either one of those teams. So let's go to the one we all care about, and again, it is official. The Cleveland Guardians, Friday, playing host to the Tampa Bay Rays. Tampa Bay, another one. And I just was going to say this, Pat, Pat Shayaka uh, just said it in the comments. Tampa Bay, 2-8 and eight in their last 10. This is a team that is limping into the playoffs. The Guardians just played them and won a series from them in Cleveland, although every game was a one-run game uh, in that series. Uh, the Guardians and the Rays for three, kicking off Friday at progressive field joe why don't you start this off um i think the rays are a team that generally gives the guardians fits and i know that applies to like three people on this roster because except for this year 
Let me finish my sentence. God damn it, Mike. They didn't, they didn't do that this year. God they didn't give it. I, I didn't finish the words. Hey, Mike, shut up. All right, do the thing with the words. That applies to like three people on this roster because half the people that have played the Rays before this year, or most of the people, have not been on the team before this year. Anyways, um, I don't think the Rays have enough depth. I mean, if you get Tyler Glass now coming in and throwing an absolute gem, that could be an issue for us. Um, you know, Bieber has been, been really great this year, but not unhittable. Um, same with Tristan McKenzie at times. Um, but I just don't think this raid team has enough firepower on it. It's just not, it's not the team that I'm necessarily scared of. Um, I don't think they're going to run up, uh, you know, five to eight run runs of offense against the, the Guardians. So as long as we can get some run support, um, I, I don't have any, any fear that, you know, our pitching is going to give up a ton of runs against them. Um, but, but getting ahead getting the early lead against the Rays will be the key. Cause as soon as you can turn over to that bullpen with the lead, um, this should be a pretty lights out series. The only teams in the American league league that have given up less runs than the Rays are the Astros and the Yankees. So that's something you certainly have to be cognizant of, especially in a three game series, best of three, two games. You have to be cognizant of the fact that the Rays don't give up a lot of runs. With that being said, they also don't score a lot of runs. Uh, and so uh, for me, this I'm feeling pretty decent about this, man. Uh, you never know. Playoff baseball. And here's the thing. And here's the thing, Chad. <clears throat> what? It's time to get off the schneid. Go back to Russia, Mike. For, oh, for fuck's sake. All right. All right, <laughs> Chad Spencer. Uh, listen, uh, for all this talk. Yeah. It's time for the Guardians. It's time for Cleveland baseball to get off the schneid. This organization has not won a baseball game in the postseason in five years. Yep. So for all the talk, and again, we've I've said it a million times, for all the talk about how great this has been under Tito, and oh, yay, they're competitive every year, and blah, 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 blah. They haven't won a playoff game in five years. Yep. The last playoff game they won was when they beat the Yankees to take a 2 nothing series lead in the divisional round in 2017. And then they lost three straight game to the Yankees to lose that series. And they have not won a playoff game since. Yeah. And so for all the talk, the only year you won a playoff series under Terry Francona was 2016. Mm -hmm. Think about that. For all this talk about how great things have been for a decade under Terry Francona, the only one year in 10 that you won a playoff series was in 2013, and Pat Shayaka, you just said what I was going to say. And now you have this roster that I think is built perfectly to play under Terry Francona. This is back to being that Tito ball that we loved in 2016. This team manufactures run ma manufactures runs with the best teams in baseball. They are amazing on the base paths. They're very good defensively. They steal bases. They, they do what they need to do to manufacture runs to win games, and their pitching staff is phenomenal with Quantrill and McKenzie and Bieber. And if you can have those three guys going in any series, you got a chance. And so I love the Guardians in this series. I think this is the year they get off the schneid. I think you get a playoff win, uh, a playoff series win against the race. I got one thing. Uh, we'll, let, we'll let Chad talk. That's no, okay. Oh, Go ahead, ahead, Joey. Go ahead, Joey. I, was, I just... I hate the best of three. Like I, I don't like that for a division winner. I don't, I feel like we should at least get a best of five series. Um, I just think it's, I don't, I don't like that. It just doesn't feel like a baseball series to me. It feels kind of, I don't know. 
like getting cheated out of the playoffs in my opinion like win or lose it just feels a little i don't know too quick yeah it's, it's not gonna feel like that if we win i don't know why I love there's that. no chance we're gonna feel like that chad go ahead listen uh you know i i'm, I'm gonna go back to what i said last week I, I, this is a guardians team i, I i'm not, listen the the pitching is going to be great. I, I I have no qualms about the pitching at all. You've had 16 rookies make make their debut this year. It, are they are they going to step up or are they going to turtle? I I I don't know. I mean, yes, they're they're yeah, going, that's true. That's a good point. They're going they're going into this postseason, uh, playing hot right now. But again, the postseason postseason baseball very different from regular season baseball. So. Are, are they going to step up or are they going to turtle? What do I think they're going to do? I think they're going to step up and, yeah. and, and I, and I think they're going to win this series, but I, I just, it, it's, it's, it, that, that's just, I don't know. That's just the unknown for me is, is how are they going to do with, with, with their first taste of postseason baseball? I, I think they're going to do well. And I think the guardians are going to win this series, but is it going to surprise me if Tampa sneaks two wins in, in, in this series? No, no. But either way you look at it, I think this is going to be valuable, very, very valuable experience for this Guardians team. And I sure hope they do win. But, uh, you know, for for now, if you're asking for my prediction, yeah, the Guardians are going to win this series. Absolutely. So Guardians play the Rays uh, Friday. The series starts. Uh, Again, it looks like that game will either be at noon or 1 o'clock. And so you can hear Chad and I calling uh, Menor at Brunswick at uh, 7 o'clock at night. uh, Or Sorry, yeah, Medina at Brunswick. Yes, for sure. yeah, I, I get it. I, I get all that. What's your guys thing, the game? The other thing we didn't talk about, the other thing we didn't talk about in this one, um, we're also back to that 2016 recipe. Let your good starters get you six innings and then give it to the bullpen. And this bullpen, whether it's De Los Santos, De Los Santos has been phenomenal. I want the ball yeah. in that guy's hands anytime. Anytime I'll take the ball in that guy's hands. De Los San, San, uh, Santos or... Uh, you know, any of the other setup Van guys. Hentges. Yeah, Henches or or, or uh, uh, Sandlin or whatever. Give it to those guys. Give it to Karen Shack. Give it to Emmanuel Clase. If you have a lead, the Indians are back, or Guardians, the Guardians are back to what they did. If, if, you, if they don't play from behind, if they can take a lead into the sixth inning, they're going to be almost impossible to beat. And that's that. I love that recipe for this team. And so, yeah. Give me the Guardians against the race. Uh, and which means, uh, again, to go back to what we were doing before, whoever wins this series gets this guy. The new AL home run record holder, as of tonight, he in his 62nd home run. Again, you're playing in a Barbie dream house of a baseball stadium. Fine, we won't even worry about that. Uh, and two, no, shut up. This is not the real record Barry Bonds is the record holder. He was hitting off juicing pitchers against other juicing players, and it was the best time ever for baseball. So Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa and Barry Bonds' records, they all stand. So shut up about that. Uh, But the winner winner of the Guardians' Rays gets the New York Yankees. Uh, Guys, you know, let's say the Guardians beat the Rays. How would you feel about going up against the Yankees in the divisional round? Yeah, it's a, I think just a very different team structure. You're looking a lot more at the offensive side of the ball for the Yankees. Um, you're going to that little league park in New York that, you know, a lot of balls can leave the yard pretty quickly. Um, 
I think, you know, any, any pitchers that's relying on contact for outs is going to have a hard time in this series. Um, you're really going to want the, the Beavers and the McKenzie's to really shine and strike out a lot of Yankees during the series. Um, this is a Yankees team that's been really good, but definitely beatable and definitely beatable over long periods of stretches. Um, so I think, you know, um, honestly, they got a good chance at this one. I, I, I truly think that it's going to be the Astros or the Braves that knock the Guardians out of this postseason. If there was a team to, it would be one of those two. Ooh, that Past be- that, <laughs> I, I think they can kind of keep up and handle their own with anybody. Yeah, this is not a team. Now, now here's what makes me a little nervous. We talk about momentum going into the playoffs, right? The New York Yankees were tanking for like a month. They were awful. They were awful. They got hot again. Like, the Yankees team has been hot recently. Yeah. There's a much better Yankees team recently. But, again, this is a team that needs to hit the long ball to beat you. As Fumble13 said in the comments, keep them in the park and they're very beatable. They need the long ball to beat you. So, again, get your starting pitchers going the right way and keep them in the ballpark and get it to the bullpen and manufacture some runs. It's a beatable, it's a beatable baseball team. I, I would be real excited. The here's here's my only reservation. I'll let you jump in, Chad. My only reservation is this year the Guardians team shriveled against those big NL East big name teams. Even the Red Sox. They did not play well against the Red Sox. They did not, they just they looked like they shriveled and died when they played the Yankees both times. That makes me a little nervous. Uh, because the stage is bigger nowhere else than at Yankee Stadium in the postseason. Uh, that makes me a little nervous with a young team. But, I mean, <laughs> would I just look at this and be like, easy Yankees win? No chance. Chad? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I thought you were going to keep going. Uh, yeah. Um, this is where I think the Rays series win can become important. Uh, because if you if they're able to pull out a series win against the Rays here, that's going to give these young guys some confidence, and then they're going to know that the stage is 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 no bigger than Yankee Stadium in the postseason. And I just I, I think they're going to hear all this noise, and I think it's you know about the Yankees and the long ball and all this lore allure about the Yankee Stadium. And I just I don't know for some for some reason I think if they can pull out that series win against the Rays, this team is going to come in playing really loose, and with that starting pitching in that bullpen, yeah, I, I think. I, I think they, they I think they would have a good chance against the Yankees. I do. I, I, I really, really do. So um, All right. yeah, I I this I think this series would go long. Uh but I, you know, ultimately I think the Yankees would probably pull it out, but it wouldn't surprise me to see the Guardians uh move past the Yankees. So let's just talk about one more thing before we get on to our last thing we're going to do tonight. And that's this. I I talked about history and and I love the comments that came through and said, listen, these young kids don't care about the history. They don't know about this. Stephen Kwan, look at him. He doesn't give a shit about your history. He doesn't care what happened the last few years. He doesn't care that you haven't won a playoff series. He He doesn't care. He kind of looks like Harold from Harold and Kumar there. (laughs) Uh, So, so guys, I want to know from your point of view, what determines success here? From, from your point of view, how do we separate the playoff failure of the last five years versus the unexpected nature of what they did this year? This is a 91 potentially after tomorrow's game. You are potentially going to win 
you are at least going to finish 20 games over 500. 91 wins on this year, potentially 92. The unexpected nature of the success of this team. AL Central champs, when you were picked by so many experts to be last place in the division, what determines success? Let's say they go out and lose two straight game to the Rays. Are, are we all going to sit back and be like, well, they weren't supposed to be here anyways? Or is there a validity to saying, why do these teams not play well in the playoffs since 2016? I I I think you're already past success with this team. I mean, this is this is far and beyond any expectation that we had for it. Even us that you know really were hoping this team would do well. Um, you literally could not have guessed that this team would have been anywhere near where they are right now. Um, I I think you know it would be it would be a failure if we went into this series with the Rays and we just completely lost how we played baseball. Like completely forgot how you know, what made this team so special and got away from that. Um, but, you know, you're, you're playing with, with, you know, 70% of your team that's never seen a playoff game before. And um, this is going to be a different baseball for a lot of guys. So, um, you know, I, if, if they can come out and if they lose these games, at least playing some type of Guardians brands of baseball, then I think you can hang your hat on that and call it a great season. Yeah, I'm going to go back to 16 rookies making their debut. Uh, <laughs> yes. Of course, of course you you didn't have uh the expectations for the, for the, for this team this season. I mean, it, uh, how could you? Given 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 their given who was in their lineup, but yeah, I think you far exceeded uh, a success so far this year. Now, I mean, if this same team is together, you know, 3 4 you know years down the road and 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 they're still doing this, like they're losing in the first round of playoff. Then I think you can make the argument about being a failure. But as far as this year is concerned, yeah, I think this is definitely a success, regardless of what happens at the Rays series. Yeah, it's just a different team than the last time they're in the playoffs. It's, I mean, I I don't know the exact number of players that were on that team versus this team, but it's got to be less than seven, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. Listen, I I I believe it, and. I do think you've got to get a win. You have not won a playoff game since 2017. You've got to get a win in this series. You have to win this. I, I think you get swept out two games by the Rays. That It doesn't change what you did this year. It doesn't taint what you did this year. And I think we can all go into next year feeling a lot more excited. Also knowing what the Guardians, and I know we hate to talk about the ownership, but with a new minority owner, remember, are going to look to probably do to bolster what they did to this team this year going into next year. I think there's a lot of reasons to be excited about the future, but I also say this, the thing that the thing that has me a little anxious, but in a good sports fan way, you do not know the next time you're going to be in the playoffs. We can all sit here and say, look what these young kids have done. And they're going to be great again next year. And the year after that, we don't know that we don't know that. We don't know that Stephen Kwan's going to come out and hit 200 next year. We don't I know mean, that. We know the division is still going to be shitty, so we're going to have a chance. <laughs> I agree. True. But I I agree a little bit with what you said, Joe. You've got it. They have got to come out and play their brand. They've got to come out. And, and and if they don't win the series against the Rays, it has to be competitive. you got to get a win this year in the playoffs. Something to start building on. Because I also feel like it's like, there's that's the minimum, but also you said it, Joe. This is one of the best. Look at OG Philly's stat here on July 14th. They were 44 and 44, 47 and 26 cents. One of the best teams in baseball the back half of the year. 
absolutely one of the best teams in baseball, and especially down the stretch when they needed to be one of the best teams in baseball, they were. There's nothing holding this team back from a deep run. There's nothing holding them back from being the team that surprises everybody and making a deep run. And also, also the comment about that one is uh, throw that one out there. That I feel like is one of the most key things of this season is like, you have talent on this team and like talent can win games. Um, but the amount of last at bat come from behind uh, walk off wins that this team has had, they can, they are probably the, one of the only teams in baseball that can go from the fifth inning on with the behind in the, or uh, behind in the score losing. That's what it's called Uh, losing from the fifth inning on and not believe that they're going to lose this game until the last out of the ninth inning. Like they are in that a hundred percent. Um, and that's great for any team because you're not going to see a lot of complete games, if any, in the postseason. Um, so if you can get to that bullpen, if you can get turnover, get to different arms, you're going to find a way to get people on base and and uh, score runs. Well, the Guardians have one more regular season game left tomorrow against the Royals. Uh, Jose Ramirez just sitting there on 124 RBIs. What a freaking season from that guy. Just is that it? 124 RBIs. Incredible. Uh, it is Friday, it is playoff baseball time. Again, it looks like the reports are daytime baseball uh, at Progressive Field, 12 or 1 o'clock against the Rays. But it's the Guardians' chance to show that this season, uh, well, it's a season of dreams at this point. AL Central champs, and and they could go further. Uh, We wanted to do something fun. Chad, I want to bring you back. I don't know where Chad went. Maybe he's peeing. Happens. to go take a pee. Yeah, it happens on the show, especially when we do it live. But Chad, I'll, I'll tell the story for Chad. Chad went on a road trip this last weekend up to Wisconsin and Chad went to a Milwaukee Brewers game at uh, Miller Park. And it's something that we've all kind of talked about baseball stadiums, especially um, we've all talked about wanting to get to as many of them as we can. Now I've been to, I think over 20. Baseball stadiums? Yep. I've been to over 20, I believe major league baseball stadiums. There's Chad. Uh, Joe, you said you just hit your what fifth, sixth, yeah. fifth uh, uh, out there in Seattle, which is one I haven't been to, which I want to go to. But Chad just went out there and got to Milwaukee, yep. uh, Miller Park, beautiful place. Like and it, my thirteenth for, for your thirteenth. Yeah. So it got me thinking. It got me thinking a little bit. So here's what I want to know: top five, and you can get yours in the comments if you're watching us live. Past or present? Past or present? Today. Or in the past, whether it is football, baseball, basketball, hockey, soccer, doesn't matter. Whether it is uh, a place that's currently going, whether it's college or the pros, I want to hear your guys' top five places on the bucket list. Again, top five places that you either wish you could have seen a game, but it no longer exists, or top five places you want to see any kind of of a sporting event. Uh, I, the only restriction I put on this is like, make it like an arena, make it like a stadium or, uh, something like that. So I'm not talking about like, I think we would all love to go see like the masters at Augusta. Mm. So let's not do, let's not say Augusta. I've been anyway. Yeah. Let's just say like football, basketball, baseball. If you want to put soccer into it, hockey, that stuff, I want to know your top five. So Chad, let's start with you. What are your top five? places that you would have either loved to have seen a game or you'd love to see a game 
Well, uh, Augusta is number one. Yeah, right. <laughs> You're such a. <laughs> Uh, oh, I wrote them down here. Just give me, give me a second. Give me a second. Okay, number one is Soldier yeah, Field. Yeah. Soldier Field. I'm a huge Bears fan, obviously. Uh, you know, half my family is from Chicago, so I want to, but I haven't been to Soldier Field yet, and so I'd love to get there before, uh, before, before they're talking about building a new stadium. I mean, I'd love to walk down there, just down the road from Navy Pier, and get to a Bears game. I will tell you, Soldier Field's cool as hell. I've never seen a football stadium there, but I went to that. Uh, penguins blackhawks like when they played yeah. in a blizzard at soldier field i was at that game yeah soldier field soldier field's real cool it's a cool place uh that okay and the next is uh ebbets field in uh, brooklyn new york brooklyn dodges uh and strictly for the fact that i would love to have been there to see uh jackie robinson <laughs> play his first game you know what ebbets field is what is iconic though it's like when you think of like the old school baseball stadiums you think sure. of what they look like as ebbets field i had that one and another old school one on my list and I was really down between them. Uh, but I love that you brought up Ebbets Field. Yep. And then uh, the third one is Beaver Stadium at, at, in a whiteout. I, I, yeah, I want to experience yeah. that. I just want to experience that. You see it on TV. You see it's really cool that, you know, that we like that. Like half of I, I've worked in sports. I've worked at various stadiums in, in TV over my 15 year career. And that's one I haven't been to yet. And it's all about atmospheres for me. And that atmosphere just seems electric. Chad, I got. I just had an idea. Huh. I just had an idea. Okay. Ooh. I see the light bulb. No, that's over Joey's head. Uh, okay. Nobody, nobody <laughs> has ever played or has ever called or broadcast more Drew Aller football games than you and I. That's true. Very true. So I wonder if Drew Aller would hook you and I up with a couple tickets to a whiteout at Penn State. Once he's the starting quarterback, awesome. Once I think that's one. something. I yeah. think that's something we got to investigate because we have called Drew Aller games for years. No, I'm. It's okay. I was busy that weekend, so it's no it's, Joe. Uh, Joe, <laughs> you can drive us. All right, great. I'll be the driver. <laughs> I'll pick you up at eleven. Uh, yeah. No, great idea. All right, Chad, keep going. Okay. Uh, number four. Number four. Oh shit. Number four is uh, now. I'm not a huge fan of Duke basketball, but uh, th uh, again, it's a, it's all about the atmosphere for me. The, the 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 Cameron Indoor Fieldhouse. I've been to it, but I've never been inside it uh, by a, you know, a, a game or anything. I would just love to see that everybody camping out at night, the line to get in to get in there, like and just the the atmosphere again inside that gym just seems electric. I would love to experience that. And the same I have I have been in I have been in there. Uh -huh. It's fucking it's so cool. I'm because sure. it it feels like a high school gym, even when you're inside. Sure. Like you are surprised when you walk in to think that it's not bigger than it is, but it's not. It is a high school gym all the way. Uh, it's like, I can't even imagine what it'd be like. I've never been there for a game, but I've been there. Uh, just, I've been inside. It's awesome. Trust me when I say I tried every single door when I was there just to try to get inside. And mm -hmm. I just couldn't. I was, I even waited for like 10 minutes to see if like a student would come yeah. by. Like, come on, man. Uh, and then my fifth one. Hello, fellow kid. Hi, how are you? I'm, I'm also a law student here at Duke. Uh, uh, and my fifth one is the uh, Buffalo Memorial Auditorium, where the Sabres played uh, up until yeah. 1996. My God. And that thing is, it only seated 16,000 people. And it wasn't, there was nothing fancy about it. But like the rink, it, it was just so intimate and so loud. 
And just everything about that just screamed like, like what an atmosphere. Again, the, the rink wasn't a typical NHL regulation size rink. And it just seemed like every check uh, against the boards, you just, you just reverberated even through yes. your TV. And, you know, it's it just the, the stories that I've heard about the, uh, the, the odd, as, you know, New York people call it the odd, the auditorium. <laughs> the odd. Uh, sound amazing. So those are my five. Okay. Uh, I do want to put this back up. Uh, Fumble 13 said the warehouse at San Diego. That'd be cool to sit at the warehouse at Petco Park. The green monster seats. Uh, yes. Once in a lifetime, if you can get them. How about soccer at Bournemouth? Okay. All right. Shout out to you for Bournemouth. U.S. Open tennis at Flushing Meadows. My sister went and watched uh, 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 Serena Williams' last match and said it was the best sporting event of her entire life. Uh, and the old Montreal Forum. You'll like that, Chad. The old Montreal Forum in the yeah. 70s. You got to like that. Joey, what's your list? Uh, okay, first one, I have never been to a college football game. Augusta. So, two of mine are college football teams. Uh, Ohio State, the shoe. Obviously, I feel like that's just like a no-brainer bucket list one. Uh, mm-hmm. But that seems like a pretty cool one to start off the list with. Um, not a whole lot of explanation there. Nope. Yep, that's a good one. After that would be the big house. Um Screw the team up north, but man, I bet those games are so like those games gotta be so fun up there. Oh, people are gonna hate this, but I outside of Wisconsin or maybe Penn State on a whiteout, I think big Big Ten stadiums are the most boring college football stadiums to watch games in, and I include the horseshoe and the big house on that. Let, let me tell you something right now, real quick, if I could interject. Yeah, you know, I've been on the sidelines working the game for them. It's not as loud as you would think. It really is not. Uh, but I think I think it's just cool. I like the I, I like the I don't know the concept of like having that many people watching a game at the same time. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, I don't mean the to put down of that. The thought of both of those places is, is iconic. Yeah. But like for me, the horseshoe is 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 almost like watching a pro game. Everybody just kind of sits there and watches the game, and it's not that like iconic college like it's crazy. Yeah. Sure. The horseshoe is very like mm, we're the horseshoe. And Michigan, like Chad said, uh, Chad's brought it up many times on the show. They built it out, <laughs> so yeah. the noise just goes out. Yeah, but it's still uh, the horseshoe, and I or, or it's still Michigan State. Yeah, I've never so been, so I have no idea. That's uh, next would be we'll go baseball. Uh, Oracle Park, uh, mm-hmm. which is the Giants' home. I don't know what yes. they named it, Oracle Park, but uh, it hasn't always been that. I think it was like AT and T or something earlier. It was, but, yeah. Um, I would Back like to Park. watch. I think. A, game in every section and like every like side of that stadium and then at least three from the bay i think that would be like the coolest thing that is i think the most beautiful park i've ever seen um and then the iconic fenway after that uh that i mean that'd be that'd be so cool i will definitely get there someday um then fifth this might be the more college football experience but like i want to go to a game at arrowhead like it just seems like oh yeah that seems like a party there yes I struggled with NFL stadiums outside of one that's on my list. I struggled with all other NFL stadiums. Arrowhead is such a good choice. Yeah. It feels like it, it just feels like a party. Like everyone yes. wears red all the time. Yes. Like, you hear the announcers like this is a college game day atmosphere here. And like, yes, uh, I think that'd be fun. Uh, I noticed you didn't put uh, Beaver Stadium. Uh, Penn State there, Joey. So it sounds like you don't really want to go. So Mike, you and I will just <laughs> yeah, go. you and I. Let's <laughs> yeah, go. Well, yeah, you know, I'll uh, I'll drop you off. I'll grab like Wendy's or McDonald's. I'll be your Uber Eats too. So uh, that's fine. 
Uh, OG Philly, uh, one of our boys, he put his his uh, list out there. Lambeau, Wrigley Field, Madison Square Garden, Lane Stadium, and we Chad has talked about Lane Stadium over and over and over again. Unreal. Uh, Although I will say one of our friends that we used to work with the crushers, uh, Tim Gratton made a great point is lane stadium is enter Sandman just a novelty now because Virginia tech has been so bad for so long. That's not even like, it's not intimidating anymore. It used to be when beat, when Va tech was like so good, it yeah. was intimidating. Yeah. Now it's just like, Oh, these cute guys are doing a song and, and, then, and then they get their ass oh, kicked. That's true. Yeah. I, I guess it was a little bit cooler for me. Cause I was there during the Tyrod Taylor years. That's the game. I yeah. worked. So yeah. That was when, yeah, and Tyrod Taylor was a great college quarterback at Virginia Tech. So, yeah, that was awesome. Uh, so, I am going to go to mine. Uh, Lambeau Field caps mine. Uh, that was the other NFL one that I talked about. So, OG Philly, yeah. you and I are going to have some overlap here, buddy, because Lambeau Field, I've never been there, uh, but that's that's the iconic football stadium. That's that's to watch a game, especially in cold weather at Lambeau. Uh, that's on the bucket list. You've got to make cow. That gotta make yeah yes yes and drink some spotted cow and act like it's the best beer ever even though it's just because you can't get it in ohio well they're so cold that maybe it is that's that's fair that's fair uh but lambo's real high up on the list uh i have been to this next place several times uh but still there's nowhere like it madison square garden also on og philly's list whether it's for a knicks game or a rangers game i've been to both and both times when you walk into the bowl and you just kind of see that iconic ceiling, the round ceiling. You see the iconic Madison Square Garden logo everywhere. It does something. It, it, it kind of takes your breath away a little bit. It's called the Mecca uh, for a reason. Madison Square Garden is unlike anywhere else to watch an indoor game, uh, whether it is hockey or basketball. It's it's awesome. Uh, I went college football next. Uh Paul Spencer's three blocks from MSG at this very moment. He has just, in fact, invited us to come up there because he has season tickets for the Knicks and the Rangers, and he's invited all three of us to come up there oh, and thanks, hang Paul. out and go to a game. So thanks, Paul. We will. We are on our way. We are on our way. Uh, my next one, I'm going to go college football too. Uh, very much in the same vein as Chad. A, a stadium that I've wanted to go to that I was close to for a while when I lived in Texas, but I never got to, but uh, Death Valley at night, LSU. The Tigers at night. Uh, that is, first of all, the tailgate scene at LSU is unlike any other tailgate scene in the country. It is the number one tailgate scene. And LSU Tigers at night, especially when they're good, that stadium's crazy. So I want that on the list. Death Valley's awesome. Uh, Fenway Park, I've been many times. It's not, I don't think, my favorite baseball stadium I've been to. But it is, I think it's the best old stadium at Maine. It's so comfortable and so cool and so original. Even though they've updated it, it still feels original. Uh, everything from the minute you walk into Fenway Park to the minute you leave is awesome. So Fenway's on the list. And then I threw an old baseball stadium in there. Chad, you had one that was on my list that I was really wavering. Ebbets Field, I love the thought of that. But the other one that I would have loved to seen a baseball game get played in. It's where the Cleveland Indians lost the World Series uh, in 1954 uh, to the New York Giants at the time uh, where Willie Mays made that over-the-shoulder catch. That was at the Polo Grounds where center field was like 450 million feet away from home plate. But the foul poles were like 42 feet away from, from home plate. Uh, 
the Polo Grounds was one of the most unique places to ever see a game. I, I would have loved to see a game there. Pop quiz. Pop quiz. How long is the Green Bay Packers season ticket waiting list? I don't, probably like, probably like, are we asking like people or? Uh, uh, well, why don't you do both? Yeah. Like how many people are on it or how many years it would take you to get season tickets? How many, how many years it would take you to get season tickets? 82. Joey, you got a guess? You're muted, Joe. Muted. 112. <laughs> oh, wow. You guys way overshot that, but 52 years. I mean, I feel like 82 is in the ballpark. 52 at least. years. There was a guy, uh, I just read a story about a guy who got put on the list when he was two. He's 51 now and just got his season tickets. <laughs> yes. I love it. Uh, Browns Bandito got in the comments. Kinnick Stadium in Iowa, waving at the kids in the hospital. It makes me cry every freaking time. Every freaking time especially when they show the kids that are like in a bed that they rolled over to the window and their families are all there. I'm just a mess. I'm a mess of tears. Uh, so that's a really good one. Browns Bandito Kinnick stadium in Iowa. Just don't watch the football. Just don't watch. The, just enjoy the atmosphere, wave to the kids and then maybe leave without watching the football. Uh, do you guys have any honorable? I've got a couple honorable mentions. Do you have any honorable mentions that we didn't get to that? You're like, Oh, that's one also that I'd like to go to. You mentioned yours and then I'll, I'll... okay. So, my honorable mentions, this is going to be wacky, but the, the Coyotes new arena that they're going to play at for like a minute where there's only 5,000 people there. I want to go to a game there to watch an NFL or an NHL game. I would love to go see the Blue Jackets play at that arena with only 5,000 other people. It'd be, uh, that would be one of the most. It's a minor league arena. Oh, it's awful for the NHL. It's awful for the situation. I get that. But imagine being a fan. There's only 5,000 other people there, and you are right on top of everything. Oh, that would be amazing. Amazing. Uh, this one's selfish for me. Uh, we had a Premier League uh, shout-out earlier in the comments uh, from uh, Fumble13. He went with Bournemouth. I, I love my Newcastle United uh, Magpies. So to see a game at St. James Park. St. James Park is an iconic location. It's on top of a hill in newcastle upon tyne it's like the tallest structure in the city uh and it is rumor has it that you can be miles and miles and miles away on a game day and hear the crowd at saint james park so i will take that and a newcastle beer um the old la forum i think it was kind of a dump but it also felt like they were playing uh, basketball in like a, a hotel conference room and <laughs> Again, it just felt like everything was right on top of the basketball action. So Showtime Lakers at the LA Forum, I would love to see a game there. And my last honorable mention, in my opinion, Joe, you brought up one of the best ballparks in baseball, Oracle Park. Uh, in my opinion, the best ballpark in baseball, if you're not going to go with nostalgia, is PNC Park in Pittsburgh. It is oh my God. far and away the best ballpark in, yeah. in baseball. Amazing. It's amazing from the outside to the concourse, to your seats, to the views. Yeah. That is a perfect 10 out of 10 ballpark. It's an immaculate ballpark. It is a better ballpark than Fenway. It is a better ballpark than Wrigley. It just doesn't have the history of those places. But it is a 10 out of 10. If you live in Northeast Ohio or Ohio in general, and you haven't made your way to a Pirates game, first of all, the tickets are like a dollar and nobody goes to them. So go down and go to PNC Park. It is the gem of gems in Major League Baseball. Any other honorable mentions? 
Uh, I mean, I, you know, Lambo's a good one. Uh, you know, I've been to MSG. Uh, you know, uh, kind of an out of the box one. Uh, I would love to go to Eden Park in New Zealand and watch the All Blacks play rugby. Oh, I love that. Uh, just just to go see and see them do the haka before. before and, and you know, I played rugby as an intramural sport in college. Uh, yeah, I, I I would love to go there to go see to, to go see the All Blacks play. Imagine that head. He never lost a scrum, ever. Crazy. Cleared that shit. I cleared that shit out. I was the eight man, so I had to put my head between two dudes' legs, and they were like, "Why is why are we standing out?" My legs don't spread that far. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any other honorable mentions before we get to our last segment of the night, Joe? Anything else that you missed? No. Okay. <laughs> all right. So our last segment of the night: three cheers of the week. We always, always, always love to finish on a positive note. And so, again, if you're with us in the comments and you got something special that happened to you this week or anything cool that happened or something you want to shout out, put it in the comments. But, guys, let's throw it around. It's time for our three cheers of the week. And I'm going to lead us off. Wow. Because the advertisements came out, and I couldn't be more excited. And, Joe, I shared this with you. I showed this, uh, shared this with you, Chad. Uh, I can't be more excited for this. You know I'm a seasonal guy, right? I like my seasonal beers. We're drinking pumpkin beers. I like my. I just like the seasons in general. I love that. So when Great Lakes Brewery came out and said on October 21st, in a mere short couple of weeks, they are releasing the Bourbon Barrel Age Christmas Ales. It's that time of the year, boys. It's that time of the year. It's going to be in a can. They're going to distribute it around town to Huge. all of their distri- distribution area. Huge. You better believe that the minute I can get my hands on one of those that week, my garage beer of the week. Christmas ale bourbon barrel. Uh, cannot wait for it. So shout out. Super excited for that. That's my that's my cheer of the week. That put me in a good mood for the remainder. I don't give a shit what happens the rest of this week. I'm in a good mood. Uh, Chad, why don't we go over to you? What's your cheer of the week? God damn it. Uh, you know what? I'm going to cheers Milwaukee. Okay. Oh, yes. I'm going to cheers Milwaukee, and I'm going to cheers uh, also Camp Randall Stadium because we also talked about Camp Randall. I was able to go watch the Badgers get the shit kicked out of them. By oh, Illinois. wait, did you? I didn't know you didn't send any pictures of that, did you? I, I didn't send any pictures. Uh, of that you're a real I, dickhead. I forgot my goddamn phone. at the- <laughs> 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 My buddy has pictures. He's, he's still got to send them to me. But- How was it? Because when we when we had Paul Keels on, he said that was his number one stadium outside of Ohio State. It, it, it was it was awesome. It, honestly, it was it, it was awesome. And then jump around was really cool. You definitely felt the stadium shake, but I feel like the atmosphere was lost a little bit because they got their ass kicked so bad. <laughs> That's fair. So no, you had that dude. That looked like a great trip. The PBR factory. Dude, How do you go wrong with that? The history was awesome. You couldn't you couldn't do the Miller Light because they closed the tours because of COVID pussies. Uh, and uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> And uh, no, the PBR factory, I tell you what, you know, the one of the coolest things about Milwaukee is like the distinct like neighborhoods that they're in, like like where the Bucks play is its own little neighborhood. They call it the Deer District, where PBR and, and Miller Lite breweries are. It's the Brewery District. South Brady Street, where we stayed at, is kind of like the like the West Sixth area of Milwaukee. Like, it's, yeah. it, it, and and they and they use the riverfront. Uh, so smartly, like I feel like on every street corner uh, on the riverfront, there's either a restaurant, a brewery, or a, some sort of park. Like, so it was just a great city, like super walkable, super walkable. Like, I would recommend anybody go to Milwaukee. 
uh, through the months of May to September. Yeah, I've never heard anything but good things, uh, and I could just see you doing some some real Laverne and Shirley shit going through Milwaukee. Oh, so, right. Cheers to Milwaukee, Joe. You're the last one. What's your cheer of the week? I got I two. Uh, second one might be a little longer. Uh, the first one. Uh, I want to choose my future in-laws in Seattle. Uh, had a fantastic week up there going to sporting things, Mariners game. We went to a Kraken open skate and practice. That was cool. At their ice house. That was sick. I saw Bjorkstrand play, uh, score a couple goals in practice. What? I'm sorry, but this comment by Paul Spencer about Milwaukee. Jimmy <laughs> Donald <Lossi is> stunning. <laughs> you know what? Everybody gets a free pair of glasses. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, I actually went by his apartment, his address. They haven't, uh, they didn't tear that thing down. No, it's torn down. It's just an open oh. lot now. Nothing's oh, right. Like, it's just Jesus. An open lot now. So I just, uh, you know, I, my, uh, my creepy curiosity got the better of me. So I was like, is that still there? No, it's definitely not. Paul, I'm going to give you credit. You give us shit for talking hockey and you get minus points for that. But uh that may be the best comment we've ever gotten on this show that right there might be that was awesome all right joe sorry back to you uh <laughs> i forgot where i was so i'm gonna choose number two let me yeah. see if this works oh wait. yes can you bring that video in and play that yeah video? i sure can i'm gonna all right this right. is certainly like... is a sense of hope a uh, sense of optimism around this ballpark around this franchise one that is been down for so long and it's seeming to start to turn you can feel it walking in the buzz the energy of the fans thinking well maybe this just may be the year okay and what are we calling this again the beer flute okay this is what they're doing out there in left field huh been doing it the world famous beer flute no no can't can't say that i have Closest thing would be my college days, but that was many moons ago. We'll just dribble foul on third base line. All right, the beer flute. Should we be doing this, folks? Well, they've been eliminated since August, so I think this is well-deserved and then some. Uh, yeah, shout out Joey Molinaro, man. That dude's yeah, very funny. That guy's funny. funny. Dude is very funny, and that's very... Yep. Not us this year, but it kind of reminded me of like we watched the TV broadcast and you see like Andre mess around with like the guys and stuff mid broadcast. And um, yeah, it was a good one. Shout out to an October to remember. Thank you, Tom Hamilton. Uh, which, by the way, by the way, if you did not hear the interview we did with Tom Hamilton before the season, go listen to that because we talked about this Guardians team and what he thought. And we asked if he was going to, if we would have an October to remember and his thoughts on that. Uh, and we do. So make sure you go check that out. So listen, that's going to do it for us here. We went way over on time, but you know, we had a good time. We had a lot to talk about with the Browns. We had a lot to talk about with MLB playoffs, including the Guardians. And again, the Cleveland Guardians last regular season game is tomorrow. And then it is playoff baseball time in Cleveland again, baby. So if you can't get excited about that, I don't know what to tell you. Guardians raised this weekend in Cleveland. Browns. And Chargers this weekend in Cleveland, it's got a real chance. It's got a real chance to be a bummer. But it's got a real <laughs> chance to be an absolutely stunning sports weekend in the city of Cleveland. Charge, Browns beat the Chargers. 
Guardians beat the Rays. Let's all have a party. You'll want to be on the show with us next week. Uh, so before we get out of here, the last thing we do is just our thank yous. And first of all, uh, our, our big thank you goes to the OBR. Again, the OBR lets us come on. The OBR is the best place to get Browns coverage in the entire area. They let us come on and talk about Browns, but also Guardians and Buckeyes and Blue Jackets and Cavs and beer and stupid shit and movies and stadiums and shit like that. So thank you to the OBR for hosting us here on the OBR Network. Make sure you are subscribed to the OBR's YouTube or Twitch channel. Make sure you're subscribed to their website as well. The best Browns coverage comes from the OBR, and then you get to hang out with us too. Uh, uh, Our next thank you and our biggest thank you to you, those of you that follow us, those of you that listen to us. Again, uh, we, we do this for you guys. We do this with you guys. We love you guys that joined us here live tonight. You make our show fun. Reading your comments is spectacular. You add so much to our show. So we appreciate you for that. If you're listening to us later or watching us later, thank you for the support. Please make sure you hit the subscribe button if you're listening to the audio version. Give us a review. Give us a rating wherever you're listening to us. We do appreciate that. And make sure you are following the socials at the the Garage Beers on all the social media channels as well. Uh, Again, lots of fun stuff coming from uh, the Garage Beers podcast and the OBR in the near future. That's going to do it for us for episode number 135. For Chad over there on the east side of Cleveland, can't wait to find out what he's laughing about. But at Garage Beers, Chad, for Joey down in Nashville, Tennessee, at Garage Beers, Joe, I'm Michael Keefe at Garage Beers. Mike, we will see you next week for episode 136. Hopefully, hopefully it is a Browns and it is a uh, Guardians celebration podcast. We will see you then. Until then, have a great week. Have a great weekend and cheers, everybody. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.